If it's not, it can be. Because through it all, if you, if you just trust in Him, it's going to be okay. No matter what goes on in your life, no matter what kind of waves and winds comes, turmoils, trials, tribulations, through it all, if you keep your eyes on Him, on Christ, then it's going to be okay. It don't matter what happens. It don't matter what shakes your, your foundation. God can be with you and is with you. And He promises that. But sometimes we don't want to recognize that and we try to handle things ourselves or look at things ourselves or comfort ourselves and it just doesn't work that way. Amen. So today I don't really have a sermon per se. I have more of an honoring messages, a message for mothers. And so I want to honor ladies today in the house. Um, and I, 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 this morning my wife told my son, said, pull your shirt out, because it's kind of, you know, that's the thing now, guys, pull your shirts out and wear your shirts out, and, and that, and she looked at me, and she said, why is your shirt tucked in? I said, because you're his mom, and this is, that's how it is today. I said, but when I was younger, my mom would say, tuck your shirt in, son, so I tucked my shirt in, and I wore my tie. I wear a tie about once a year. Normally, I wear blue jeans and a shirt to the church, and, and I preach, but today, I had to dress up, because it's Mother's Day, so I, I'm going to do that for her today, but my, I, I had such a good time looking at the, at the illustrations um, to, for, for, the, for this, this time together today, and I hope you're, you're going to enjoy them as well at times when, we, when I have those. Uh, you know, my mom taught me a lot of logic whenever uh, I was growing up. She said, <clears throat> the logic she taught me was, if you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me. I was like, oh, oh, that makes sense, okay. And then she would say stuff like, you know, if you jump off the bridge, if somebody jumps off the bridge, does that mean you go jump off too? I'm like, well, okay, okay. But then she taught me some humor. She taught me a little bit of humor. She said, if, you know, if that long, lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. <laughs> and then she, ta she, taught me a lot about, she taught me a lot about genetics as well. She said, you're just like your father. <laughs> and then she also taught me a little bit about anticipation, the wait. She said, you wait till your daddy gets here. <laughs> you know, and then she taught me a little bit about receiving. She said, you're going, to, um, you're going to get it when you get home. I was receiving there, I guess. She told me something about religion. She said, you better pray that stain comes out my carpet. <laughs> she gave me some medical advice. She said, if you keep crossing your eyes like that, they're going to get stuck. <laughs> and, then she, and then she also uh, gave, told me how to appreciate a good job well done. She told me, me and my sister, she said, you know, uh, if you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning the house. <laughs> and then she taught me about time travel. Time travel. She said, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you in the middle of next week. <laughs> just there. So, so that, was, that was a good, that was a, a little bit of, of stuff that the moms teach us and stuff. You know? But I sort of, I was curious, where does Mother's Day come from? So I looked it up, and Anna M. Jarvis first um, um, tried to, to start this. She suggested a National Observance Day or uh, annually for, for mothers because she loved her mother so dearly. And so she wanted to start that. So May 10th, 1908, Miss Jarvis decided to honor her mom in a, in a memorial service. And, and she gave her mom a carnation because that was her mother's favorite carnation. And so over the next few years, it kind of caught on. They started doing it, and more and more people came to this memorial. Um, and then uh, a, lo a lot of churches as on March, May the 9th, 1914, um, out of an act of Congress of Woodrow Wilson, decided that that, that day, the second, the second um, 
Monday in May, or Sunday in May would be uh, Mother's Day. And he established that, that they would give, give an ex public expression and the love of reverence of your mothers. And, and if you were, had a living mother, you would re wear a red carnation. And if your mother had passed, you'd wear a uh, white carnation. So today, as I said, I want to do something kind of different. I've, it's always kind of bothered me we, because everybody, you know, like I said, I always look at it as if you're a, a lady, there's a motherhood in you. Whether you're mothering a, a four-legged dog or, or, or you're mothering somebody's neighbor's child or you're, keeping, you're, you're, or you're a babysitter and you're doing mothering stuff, there's motherhood in everything. But I think on Mother's, mother's Day, sometimes we forget certain mothers that's in the house, and, and I want to talk to you about those today as well. The first one I want to talk about is the everyday mother, the, the mom that we, that we typically celebrate. You know, the, um, the, the mom that, that stays at home and that homeschools possibly. And also the, the work mom, but the mom that stays at home and every single day. When I thought about that mom, I thought about, about a couple words of nurturing and sacrifice. Because a mom is able possibly to have a, a, a husband that goes to work every day and provides and she can stay home. Maybe by choice or because, you know, she doesn't have to go. But she stays at home and chooses, I'm going to choose to nurture my kids. I'm going to choose to take care of my kids and love on my kids and nurture them every day and maybe even homeschool them. You know, the working mom, she makes a sacrifice that instead of staying home and nurturing my kids like I would like to, I have to work because of the finances at home. Abraham Lincoln said, behind every great man is a great mother. Um, the, 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 somebody, the, one of the great, great leaders, powerful leaders of, of France, Napoleon, said, let France have great mothers and France will have great sons. Um, Rudyard Kipling said, if I hanged on a highest hill, I know who would love me always still. And so that's symbolizing that mother's love that lasts for, forever and forever, no matter where you're at, where you go. When I was in the military and I was thousands of miles away at war, what have you, my mom was always, her love was always there. D.L. Moody, one of the greatest evangelists ever, said, all that I've ever accomplished in my life, I owe to my mother. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, but watch out, be careful, never to forget what you have seen. Do not let these memories escape your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and your grandchildren. And that's what a mom does. She takes what she has and she pours it into her kids and says, Son, you listen. Daughter, you listen. You listen to me right now. She teaches them. She nurtures them. She sacrifices for them. And she teaches them how to do the same for their kids as well in a lot of cases. Another mom, the, the, here's a mom that, that sometimes we forget about in whenever we're, we're, we're celebrating mothers. This is a single mom. The single mom is who I think about, the words I thought about and for a single mom is determination and relentlessness. Because when you're a single, don't, don't, if, you, if, you, if you're a child of a single mom, don't mess with that child. If you got, you don't, don't mess with anybody's child. But, but that single mom, you know, she's, got a, she's working hard because, see, she's mama and she's daddy. She, she provides and she cleans and works at the house. You know, she protects and she nourishes and nurtures. You know, she does everything. She's the mom and the dad of the house. And so, and so she, she's a fighter. She's relentless. She'll do anything. She, your single moms have four or five jobs to work for, that, for their children and do what they can. They'll take care of their kids and do every possible thing they can to make sure their kids have what they need because they know they have two hats to wear, the mom and the dad, and they do the best they can on that. And when I thought about that scripture, I mean that, that, that um, single mom, I thought about, I went straight to Rispa in the Bible in chapter uh, 21 of Samuel. It says, what, what had happened was that the, uh, David had seven guys that he hung out on trees out in the middle of nowhere um, because they had committed some really bad crimes. 
But two of those guys on those trees had this mama named Rispa. And it says, Then Rispa, daughter of Ai, the mother of two of these men, spread burlap on a rock and stayed there the entire harvest season. She prevented scavenger birds from tearing at their bodies during the day and stopped wild animals at night. Now see, there ain't no daddy there. All I see is mama. That's why I say a single mom because dad, I don't know if he was there, if he was around or not. But all I know is a mama said, you know what? Yeah, my little baby did bad. He did wrong. But I love him. You see, you see on the news all the time, people who do commit bad crimes and, and tragedy across America. But you'll see the mom saying, but he was my little boy and I loved him. Because a true mama's love loves a child whether they do, they do good or they do bad. A true mom really cares, all moms, they just, it's just something in them. They love their child for eternity. No matter what happens in their life, no matter if they get arrested and they do bad things, mama's going to love that child. And that's just like our Heavenly Father in heaven. No matter what we do, he loves us. No matter how, we, how bad we are, he loves us. No matter if we turn our back against him, he loves us. And this Rispa, man, she's just, she's just crazy, man. She's out there in the middle of the day. And, and whenever vultures come, she, she takes this burlap bag and starts beating away the vultures. And at nighttime, she lays a burlap bag on a rock for the entire harvest season, which is what, three to four months? And, and, and she lays there on this rock at nighttime. And when she hears a wild, you know, hey, I'm scared of wild animals at dark in the middle of nowhere. But Rispa wasn't. She was like, you are not going to eat my son. I will not allow you to do that. He, he will die with respect. And so she just took her in herself, and she's a single mom that, that runs out there and just is going to protect her son at all costs. And that's what mothers do. They protect their children. James Dobson tells a story about a mother that had a flu, and her little girl wanted to help her. She was trying to be a nurse. You know little girls want to be a nurse for, for the mamas and stuff. And, and she said, okay, I brought, she brought mama an extra pillow, and she brought her a magazine to read. And then she, she brought her some tea. And she said, Mama, I mean, the, the mom said, Look, hey, I didn't know that you knew how to make tea. She said, Mama, I watched you. She said, oh, okay. She said, well, I got the pot, and I put water in it, and then I put some tea leaves in it, and then I boiled the water. She said, well, that's awesome. She goes, then I took it, and then I strained the, the water, um, you know, into the cup, and I brought it to you. She said, wow, honey, that's awesome. She says, now, I got to admit, she says, I, didn't have, I couldn't find your strainer, so I used the flask water. <laughs> and then the, the mom said, what? Are you serious? And then the little girl said, mama, listen, listen, I knew, I knew you say this. I didn't use a new one. I used the old one. <laughs> so, so, so I thought that was, <clears throat> thought that was great. <clears throat> but, but the third mom is a mom that is often, very often on Mother's Day overlooked. And I want to just honor her as well today, whoever that may be in this room or, or not. But, but I want to honor the barren mom, the barren mom, the mom that wants to have a child that can't have a child. And I think about faith and patience for that. Because it takes a lot of patience in that situation because, you know, you got to, if you're trying to go through the, the, the medical way, I, I have a friend of mine that comes down to Wilmington for about an hour and a half, two-hour drives every week or every other week, and she comes, and then she'll do something, and they'll give her shots and stuff, and, and, and she, they say, you got to come back tomorrow, and she'll drive back. It's patience. It takes time. It's a process. But that, you know, and it takes faith to say, God, I'm trusting you for a son. I'm trusting you for a daughter. I'm trusting you for a child. You know, that barren mom that wants to have a child so bad. You know, may, maybe she, she, she's praying for that and has faith, or maybe she, she adopts or something. But the two people I thought about for that was Hannah and Sarah. You know, Sarah had a baby when she was, was 90-something years old. And, but Hannah, in 1 Samuel uh, chapter, in Samuel chapter uh, 1, verse 10, 11, and she said, Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly, 
as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord, the heaven of armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. And he will be yours his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he's dedicated to you first, um, his hair will never be cut. And so then you go down to verse 27, 28, after she had this son named Samuel. It says, I asked the Lord to give me the boy, and God has granted my request. Now I am giving him back to the Lord, and he will be, belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. The barren mom that sit there and just prays desperately for, for a child and say, God, I, I want to have children, and for some re- medical reason I can't. But I'm just trusting you, God, that you will help me do that. And if, and if you see fit, Father, that I can't have it medically, then, then I want to go another route and maybe, maybe do something else, which brings me to the, the next set of moms that I feel like are overlooked often uh, in, in, in churches on, on Mother's Day. And that's the foster mom or the adopting mom or the stepmom. You know, that, that, that I think, when I think about this, I think about a mom that is, is, is selfless, flexible, adaptive, and they're prayer warriors. You know, because a foster mom, gets, they, they got to be flexible and selfless because at 3 o'clock in the morning, they might get a phone call that said, hey, we need to bring a child to you tonight. And they're like, okay, well, let me, let me, let me do what i got to do. And they, they make room for that child that night. You know, and, they, and they, 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 they're accepting a child that in a lot of cases has been through a lot of hell in their life and a lot of dysfunction in their life. And they've got to be adaptive because they've got to adapt their life to help that child for whatever they've been through. They may have been abused, hurt, raped, or, or no, who knows what has happened to those children. You know, and, and, and the, the foster mom takes care of that child and nurses that child. And then you have the, the, the adopting mom that may have been barren, what have you, or maybe not, that just that sees kids that are in this, 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 this uh, environment that don't have a mom and don't have a dad. Maybe their mom and dad uh, left them or, took, or died or what have you. Maybe, maybe, the, the, maybe there was a mom that said, I'm a teenager and I'm too young to take care of my, my child. And I want the best for my child. I could try to do it myself, but I could, I'm not really old enough, good enough, or, or have a job to really f- fulfill the needs of a mom. I love my child so much, I'm going to put him up for adoption. And that's another mom that we overlook. And, 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 and so they love, they love that child so much, they put him up for adoption. And then you have some two parents that maybe they cannot have kids or looking to help other kids. And they grab these children and they take them into their house and adopt them and call them their own. And say, you are mine. I'm giving you my last name and I'm going to adopt you and you are my child. Is that not what Christ does to us? We are, when we get saved, we're adopted into his kinghood, and he accepts us as his own, and he loves us and cares for us. And he says, I don't care what's going on. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what this life has dealt you. I love you, and I'm going to take care of you. And I thought about um, Moses and, and Jochebed in Exodus 2, 1 through 10. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi, the woman's name was Jochebed, and, and it says, the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that, she, that he was special, and the baby had, um, and she kept, the, kept him hidden for three months. Herod said, I'm going to kill all of, of, of the, the baby boys. And so she hid him for three months. But then she couldn't hide him no longer because they kept probably getting close to finding him. And so she put him in the basket, made of papyrus reeds, and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance and watched to see what would happen to Moses. Soon, Pharaoh's daughter 
came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the pr princess opened it and saw the baby, the baby boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby sister, Moses' sister that, that, was, that had put her in the, in the and put him in the water, said, approach the princesses. Should I go find a Hebrew woman to nurse this baby for you, she asked. Yes, said the princess. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. So the mother said, here, let's put this baby in the river. So the, 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 the sister put the baby in the river. They went down. The, the princess saw her and said, hey, we need to do something about this. And so Moses' sister said, hey, why don't we go find a, somebody that can nurse the baby? And so she takes the baby and carries it back to Moses' mother so Moses' mother can take care of this child and nurture this child while um, it is growing up. But it says, then it says, but I will pay, I will, um, pay for your help. So not only that, they got paid for doing this, for taking care of their own child. You know, you don't have to pay a babysitter, they got paid. Um, but it says, so the woman looked after her in, um, at home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought, back to, brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as his own, her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she exclaimed, I lifted him out of the water. So you see, this, this mother loved this child so much, she realized, hey, I can't take care of him because they're going to kill him, so I've got to give him up. And she gave him up, and she had to, the ability to nurse him until he was weaned and got older, and he went, he went to go live with Pharaoh, but Pharaoh's, um, Pharaoh took him, and Pharaoh adopted him into his name. And so sometimes we forget about those. You know, as a matter of fact, there's somebody in the Bible that was somewhat adopted, not by paper, but on the cross. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he looked at Mary and said, Mary, behold your son. Son, you know, John, behold your mother. And she took him in as her own from that day forward. So she somewhat what, what adopted him. It was, it, was, uh, it was told that after an awful civil war, the Confederate so, there was a Confederate soldier that, that was asked to see a chaplain. And, and, uh, and the chaplain came and he, and he asked something weird. He said, could you get, get a lock of my hair and take it to my mom? And he said, well, certainly, son, as I'll do that for you. He said, well, can you also kneel down? To God, And he said, well, why would I kneel down? What, what do you want me to thank God for? He said, I want you to thank God that I have such a godly mother that influenced my life, that now that I'm saved, I'm ready to meet the Lord. That's a praying mom there. That's a mom that says, you know what, I'm not going to give up on my kid. My child might be out there in the world somewhere. My child might, might be out there living in sin, but I'm going to keep calling his name before God. I'm going to keep calling her name before God and praying that one day they turn their life over to him and they change their life forever. Some of you in here today may, may be that very praying mom that you have a son or a daughter that's living in sin, that's not living the way they should, but, you're, you're, but you're, you don't quit praying. Do not quit praying for that child. You never know. You might not even be here on earth, but God will be faithful. We're praying, we're praying that God will turn their, they will turn their life around to God, but we all know that we have to make the decision. God can't make anybody turn to God. It's, a, it's up to us. God can pour conviction all over us, but we have to say, yes, Lord. But let's pray that those children will say, yes, Lord. The next mom is one that is definitely overlooked most Mother's Days. The Veloma mom. I looked it up. It's the Veloma mom. It's a, it's a mom that loses a child against natural order. 
against natural order. A mom that may have had a miscarriage. Natural order is you birth a baby, that baby grows up, goes to school, gets married or not, and then one day attends your funeral. But Veloma mom maybe has a baby that's born and loses the baby as a, as a baby or as a child. Or maybe has a miscarriage. It's against natural order. It's not the way that the order is, life's order is supposed to be. And I immediately thought about that mom that maybe had a miscarriage. In Jeremiah 1 and 5, it says, I, um, I knew you before I formed you in the mother's womb. So I want you to know today, some of you may be struggling in your mind with this. If you had a miscarriage, your child is in heaven today. Because why, well, why, how do you know that, Pastor Doug? Because my Bible says that God knew that child before they were even formed in your womb. So if you have a child, that means you have a child in heaven somewhere today, and they're happy, and they're safe, they're with Jesus, they're okay. And we want to honor you today because, because you, you, you tried to have a child and possibly had a miscarriage. Maybe you had a child and, and the baby died early. Maybe the baby, uh, you had a child that died before you. Maybe you have an adult child that has passed. And we want to honor you as well because of the fact that, that that still is not natural, that you go to your child's funeral. So who, who, who would I go to with that? Well, excuse me. Well, um, how about let's go back to Mary and Jesus. That was an adult child. He was 33 years old when he died. And Mary had to sit there and watch her son not just die, but die a cruel, rugged, awful, horrible death. And she went through all the motions that you as a mom might have went through if, 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 you, if your child had, had, had passed. And then, there's a, and so we want to honor you as well today. And, and, the, and the last mom that I want to um, honor today is the heavenly mom. Another one that's not talked about a lot. And that's the mom, maybe you today have a mom that's already died and, and she's in heaven today. On, on, for that person, I think about those women or, or, or women of wholeness, freedom, and completion. Because if they died, um, then today, if your mom has passed already, then today she is whole in heaven. Her race is complete. She, her, her, her job is well done. She's standing in before God with no pain, no suffering, no turmoil. She is happy. She is complete. And I want you to know something today. Your mama in heaven wants you to be happy. Your mama wants you to go on with your life and be happy. And it's okay. If your mom was here today and she, and she was going to tell you like Christ had ability to say, I'm leaving, she would have told you before she left, now listen, you don't mind me. I want you to be happy, baby. You go on about your life and you be happy and you laugh and you be joyful. I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus and I'll see you soon. And that's what God would have you do today. So I want you to know that a lot of people, they're just so sorrowful in their hearts because they lost their moms. And that's okay. Please, there's a time and season for everything. The Bible says there's a time to weep and a time to mourn. But then it says there's a time for joy and for happiness and laughter. The scripture that I want to read to you today is from Revelations 22, 1 through 5, where your mom may be today. It says, Then the angels showed me a river. If you can come, Don. The angel showed me a river with a river of life. Clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of Main Street, and on each side of of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, with fresh crop each month. Isn't that amazing? The, The 12 trees every month got brand new fresh fruit on it. 
That's amazing. It says, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the, heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. For, their, uh, for the throne of God and the Lamb will be there. And his servants will worship him. And they will see his face and the name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no light. No light. They will need no lamps and no sun. It says, for the Lord God will shine on them. His light is so bright that he will be the light. He is the light. And it says, and they will reign forever and forever. There's no curses there. There's no pain. There's no sorrow there. There's no tears. So I want you to know today that your mom's okay. She's all right. And she wants you to be happy today. One final story I want to tell you is this, this little boy was up on, on stage at an Easter program, and he was, had his little part to say. And, and uh, he had a little part to say. You know, they have a little Easter programs, and the little boy forgot his part. You know, we all do that at times. And so he's sitting there, he couldn't figure, you know how little kids are, they, it's awkward for us, but they, they, they don't care. They're like, uh, uh, I, don't care. I can't remember. They just, they don't care. You know, they just appear. And so his mom's on the front row, and she's like, she was like lipping the words to what she was, his part was. And you know, like again, kids don't care. What? I can't, I can't see what you're saying. You know, they don't care. It's going to call you out. Oh, she's like, okay. But then, she, so she said, I am the light of the world. He said, yes, yes. He said, my mother is the light of the world. <laughs> and I want you to know today, ladies, you are the light of the world. Well, no, 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 Pastor. Look, Jesus is the light of the world. No, you are the light of the world. Because what we see in you is Jesus. Yes, he's the light, but he shines through each and every one of you ladies here today. And we want to honor each and every one of you, whatever type of mom you are. And this is a, a, not a complete list. I'm sure there's moms that I might have missed, you know, and, and, and stuff. But I want you to know that we love you here at Kingdom Life. We care about you here today at Kingdom Life. And we honor each and every one of you for your sacrifice and for who you are and all the things that you have done for your family and for your kids. And we just honor you today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I want to know if, if there's somebody here today that would say, Pastor Doug, my mom's always wanted me to be saved. She's in heaven today. Or maybe she's here in this room. Or maybe, you know, she, she's somewhere else today. But you, but you were thinking, you know what? It'd be a great Mother's Day present. What greater Mother's Day present than for a, a son or a daughter to give their heart and life to Jesus on Mother's Day? So I want to ask you today, is there anybody in here that would just raise their hand real quietly? I'm not going to embarrass you. Raise your hand and say, on Mother's Day today, I want to give my mother a gift and certainly my Heavenly Father a gift of my life and commitment to Him. And I, would, I just want to accept Christ. Maybe you backslidden on God or maybe you haven't been there at all, but you want to give your mother a, a gift today and you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. But is there anybody here who want to raise their hand and just say, hey, I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. I see your hand. Anybody else want to, to raise their hand and accept Christ or turn back to God today? Amen. Anybody else at all? Amen. Would you all pray with me and just repeat after me for these individuals that raise their hand. Dear Heavenly Father, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I want to give my mom a gift today, Lord that I turn my heart to you and I ultimately want to give you the gift 
of my life. I'm going to serve you the best I can. I'm not and won't ever be perfect. But I'll have a repentant heart. And I'll serve you the best I can. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave. And I'll see you in heaven one day soon. I'm a Christian. I serve you now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. What a wonderful Mother's Day gift. And let me pray one more. I feel led to pray one more prayer. Would you, would you pray with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for those parents in this room that have kids that are not saved, that are not here to raise their hand today. And I lift them up to you right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, you're a liar, and I rebuke you, and I take authority over you. And wherever they're at today, I command you to loose your evil hold on them. Loose your hold on them in the name of Jesus. I apply the blood of Christ to them. And I, Father, I pray that you, that you send conviction wherever they're at to their, their bodies right now, God. They might feel the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And God, we just pray, God, that they turn their life over to you. And I know it's a decision that they have to make. But today, we're going to pray in, in the behalf of the mom. We're going to agree with the moms in this room that have those wayward children. And we're going to believe today that they're going to turn their, their life back over to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. We claim it to be done. We declare it and decree it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Moms, we honor you today. Thank you for coming. Come back next week. Men, Thursday night we're having a meeting here at 6.30 for a little bit. Come out. If you have any questions, go back there to the guest services. If you're a first-time visitor, go back there. We had, we ran out. We had so many visitors first service. We ran out of uh, gift cards for, for, for Chick-fil-A. But we, I think we still got some, some uh, McDonald ones. So go back there and enjoy that. Uh, we love you guys. Have a great day. Ladies, the red carpet's laid out for you. If you haven't got one yet, go back there and get your cheesecake. It's amazing. Miss Amanda Norton made them. They are incredible out here. God bless.